This podcast is a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to find out more. G'day guys, welcome back to Mike Talks, the sometimes Friday edition of my podcast that I sometimes do when I sometimes have time. This week I do have time and I am so excited about the uh, guest this week. This was a really fun chat that I did with... uh, an old mate of mine, uh, Joseph Green, a stand-up comedian here in Melbourne. Joseph was highly requested uh, by listeners of this podcast, and he is uh, just a genuinely great guy. Like, amazing vibes around Joseph. He's a really, really lovely dude and a really funny guy. I went to the opening night of his Melbourne International Comedy Festival show, What Are The Chances?, earlier this year, and it was just one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen. So much fun and, and, and this amazing twist. And we talk a lot about the production of that that show in this chat. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. If you want to support me, follow me on Instagram, radio.mike. I'm also on TikTok now, uh, Radio Mike. And uh, YouTube, this podcast, the full video version of this podcast is up on my YouTube channel uh, the same day this goes out. And you can go to patreon.com slash radio mike if you just want to give a dollar a month. That is $12 a year. Or three coffees a year. If you would buy me a coffee three times a year in exchange for the content that I make, that would be a massive help to me. So $1 a month, the tip jar tier on Patreon. There's other tiers which with a bunch of bonus content as well. If you are uh, happy to support the shows, that would be awesome. It just helps me keep making content like this and uh, help helps me keep making it better and paying... Uh, producer Pat to work on this show and make a lot of the content that you see. So that would be amazing. Get in touch with me anytime on Instagram or radiomikepod at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy this chat with the amazing, talented Joseph Green. All right. Welcome to Mike Talks, the bonus Friday edition of this podcast. And the man sitting next to me right now came up with what looked like an entire bottle of wine that he may have uh, <laughs> that he may had like been halfway through swigging which really confused me he has clarified it is a kombucha kombucha so on brand it is joseph green uh stand up comedian and someone that has been requested highly for this show really because i think that's amazing thank you and one thing that it's not necessarily to do with your stand up which is great except a lot of people have this impression of you, which I will I will attest to, that okay. you're just a really nice guy. He's such a nice guy. Well, I said, hey, guys, I'm thinking of asking Joseph Green to be on Mike Talks. Do, would people want to hear from him? Like, yeah, he's such a nice guy. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> thank you if that's you that's re- put in that request. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for being on, man. How are you? How have you been? Uh, pretty good, man. It's two, three days since the comedy festival finished. Mm. And thank you for coming. You came on the first night. I was opening night front row as well. Thank you. And I apologise. That was more of a trial show, I feel. Well, it was, was really good, man. I was still definitely putting things together at, at that point. Yeah. but uh, And we will get into the show. I notice you just took off your watch. I did. little I, to no reasoning behind <laughs> it. It's <laughs> like, what was the I reason? I was like, I bet he's going to pull me up on the watch. So to audio listeners, Joseph <laughs> just took off his watch. Can you elaborate on that? Why? Is it because you don't want to know how much time you're wasting? No, whenever I'm like, it's more of a performing thing or whenever I've got a, I think maybe it's a microphone. 
Okay. I whenever I go on stage, I take I I before I took off the watch, I put my phone yeah off to the side. Yeah. I n- don't like to have anything in my pockets. Right, and but the shoes will stay on. Like, do the you want to take your shoes <laughs> off? You can. You can. The shoes will stay on. Okay. Yes. Um. So how'd you get? You, we were just talking off air. You sold out pretty much every night at the comedy fest, which is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How did you? How how'd that feel? I assume it, good. It was great, man. It was the first time that's happened before. I've done maybe three other solo shows there. Yeah. But also, I mean, it was probably my best show. Mm. But also, I had a. I was at nine o'clock, whereas previous years I've had eleven thirty, ten thirty, and nine forty-five. And is that just like allocated to you, or do you choose? Yeah, it's partly allocated. But it's partly because they think, you know, he'll be dumb enough to say yes. <laughs> Which I guess, to their credit, you were twice. And then I was every time. So what, this this time were they like, oh, hey, we'll put you on 10.30 and you're like, no. <laughs> no, th- this time I just got off at 9 o'clock. I'm yeah. like, well, that's better than 10.30. Good time. And because I said yes. Yeah, we, we, d- we did two shows that night, one after each other. Lovely. So we came over to your show after seeing another show, nice. both of which were great. We had a really great. good night. Um, you. So um, you were doing it at Storyville. Yeah. Is that where you've done it in the past? No, the first time I've – I'd never been to the venue before I yeah, okay. did a show there. Yeah. Have you been there? I've been there once, but I can't remember who it was with, but it's like a – it's like a storybook themed bar. It's uh yeah, Alice in Wonderland, very yeah. sort of surrealistic. Yeah. And Dark forest kind yeah. of vibes, yeah. But it was it was very positive. I had a very positive experience there and everyone mm. was super great. And yeah. I think they have so many people come through that bar that a few so my night sold out I think at fifty. Yeah. But if I had like forty tickets sold beforehand, they would always sort of just get it over the line mm. with people coming through. So when you, we said off air just before, like a lot of your sales were through word of mouth and stuff, yeah. which is pretty impressive. You sold out pretty much every night. Like, yeah. how does that, like, do you, do you have any insight as to how that works? Or? I think it was the finish of the show. Yeah. The closing of the show. Cool. So you think people started talking about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Cool. I mean, and, and that was kind of the intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will, we will get into that in more detail. Yeah, sure. So. Basically, Joseph's show at the Comedy Fest this year, which he may do at a later date in yes. some form, it something towards the end happens that is a is a, I would say a plot twist of the show. Yeah, so it's a spoiler if you haven't seen the show and want to see the show. There's, yeah, there there will be spoilers. Yeah, we will talk about it, not yeah. just yet, but like talk about like the show is centered around you meeting a old Japanese woman in Sydney in yes. front of a pink wall and yes. taking a photo with her. Yes. Tell me about like that and how that all came so to So that was sort of just a, a very serendipitous encounter where I was in Marrickville in the inner west of Sydney Yeah. doing a photo shoot with the pink, pink wall, as you said. Was uh, it a photo shoot just for you? Yeah, just for yeah, me. Yeah, cool. And and it, and it turns out it became a lot better when we included an old Japanese woman. Yeah. <laughs> and and she was walking past and she was wearing, as you can see in the photo, almost identical pink to the pink wall. Right. So I called out to her on the other side of the road. I said, Madam, I said, you look so beautiful wearing this outfit. Have you noticed that you're wearing the same pink? <laughs> We're doing a photo shoot. Do you want to come? Yeah. And she was so obliging and sweet and she came across the road. Yeah. And we just took a series of photos and the photographer showed me, um, Monica showed me the photos and uh, I, I said to uh, Matoka, I said, 
you know, Matoka, I might use this for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And and just for the record, like, this was the first, in, you had never, never met this met woman her. and you're uh, just no. like, hey, I'm going to use your photo on the... Uh. And, and she said, sure. And she gave me uh, her number and uh, I, I texted her and I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then she said, that's great, all the best. And, um, <laughs> and yeah. you, How old was she? I don't know. It's, uh, she's, I mean, she. how old do you think she is? You saw the photo. I would say like... 74. Yeah, in her in 70s. Ballpark, Definitely in yeah. her 70s. Yeah. And, and she's a Japanese native who's immigrated to Australia, I assume. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. And and originally, I mean, it was just a stand-up show with no intention of having her as a sort of central figure of the show or mm. even relevant to the show in any way. Mm. And it wasn't until I came up with or have a joke slash story towards the end of it yeah. about, which I might as well tell yeah, partly Yeah, let's here, get into it, yeah. Which is that... As long as you're cool with fun. Yeah. yeah. People, this is kind of going to give away bits of the show, but like I still think there's so much value in seeing this show because it was amazing. Yeah, Just to thank you. It. No, thank you're you, welcome. Um, so I was at a house party uh, recently. I say not, not a house party, it's a small gathering of whatever the legal limit was at the time. And it, Yeah, and it was the time where you could do that yes. as well. And uh, so it would have been in February and a friend of mine showed the picture of Matoko and myself, this guy I'd never met before, mm-hmm. who was also just a, a white Caucasian dude in his 20s. And he said um, he loved the photo and it, it really had an impact on him and he took me aside one-on-one and said, um, hey man, this is such a beautiful image. Can I just ask you, do you think you were a Japanese woman in a previous life? Yeah. And I said, no, I don't think I was. <laughs> and he said, really? And I said, yeah, I'm really confident. <laughs> and he, he said, I think you were. I really feel like you were. I said, okay. what, what makes you so confident? And he said, because I was. <laughs> and Which, when, can, when, can I just ask, are you the kind of person that like is into like spirituality I mean, and I, past I, lives? I, I, I look like reincarnation? I, I could be. Yeah. <laughs> Which is enough for people just to come up and just tell me everything that they think and feel about that. Because if you don't know what Joseph looks like and you're just listening to the audio, <laughs> Joseph kind of looks a bit like Jesus. <laughs> like you, you kind of look like what what Jesus would be cast as in like a now, modern day. A Jesus white Jesus, movie. probably not like, the actual Jesus. Yeah, you'd be a white Jesus. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it would be like people would see you and be like, "Oh, this guy's totally into reincarnation." Absolutely. And, yeah. So uh, that guy definitely felt that and took the liberty of assuming that and uh, told me that he was a Japanese woman himself and that he sort of had a very good instinct for (laughs) feeling when other people were and he definitely felt that way about me. And don't you reckon with like the plethora of things you could have been in a past <laughs> yes, life. Like of all the things. Two Japanese women in one room. Exactly. Like you could have been a cat, you could exactly. have been a tree. And so ah. th- that's really that where that joke goes, which is that I'm like, so there we were, just two Japanese women at this <laughs> house party in Fitzroy, yeah. hanging out, catching up. And it sort of jokes about that until the end of the joke is um, it was the... Uh, Saturday night, the Australian Open women's tennis final was taking place. Mm. And uh, a friend of ours came outside and said, guys, you missed it. Uh, Naomi Osaka just won the Australian Open. And my new friend said, Naomi Osaka. And he just smiled. And uh, he said, that's our girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of divine intervention there. If you ever needed a sign, that was it. (laughs) Our great, great, great granddaughter. (laughs) 
And uh, so that's... He did not say that, though. Did he say that? He did. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, I mean, and that's what I say on stage. And so I started telling that story, you know, for about a month. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was w- working well. And I thought, uh, how can I extend this joke? Gotcha. Because, you know, you have a joke, goes for a few minutes, and you think, is there any more... It's like when you're making orange juice, you get a bit of juice out of it. You're like, is there anything else in it? Yeah, you're squeezing it. Yeah, yeah. and then I thought the only thing that could be funnier from here was if I get two Japanese women. <laughs> um, yeah. And so then what happens in the show? Um, also, earlier in that, within that story, I say that um, he bruises on kombucha. Yes, yes. And his name is Dino. And, uh, and uh, this is this is the guy that said this to you. So there is an actual kombucha brewer yeah. in Melbourne called Dino. Quick shout out, the good brew who sponsored the Un- show. Unsponsored. <laughs> but they sponsored my show. Joe, yeah. oh, did they actually They did, though. They sponsored show? the show. With com- That's why I got all this kombucha. I got a drink. And- How did you get in touch with them? Well, I met him at a music festival. <laughs> so, so wait, but Dino is the guy that said I he was d- a Japanese. He, he didn't say that. Right, right, but, right. But... But I just sort of merge these people together. Gotcha. It's gotcha. something he could say. Yeah. And in fact, one night during the show, there was um, he's sitting in the audience, two people who were like, "That's that's we know Dino. <laughs> he would absolutely say that. That's totally something Dino would say." And then in the show, as you know, I, I say Dino's here tonight. Mm, mm. And on that particular night, they're like, "No, nah, he's not here." And then I have uh, a woman, a Yuko, who stands up and says, "I'm, it's me, Dino." Yes. And she stands up as uh, um, as Dino, but she's a um, a Japanese woman. Mm. And then she comes to the stage. I think a few things might have changed from that first show. Yeah, because the first show, and I guess yeah, it was the first time yeah. you all did this. Yes. Like I was really confused because yes. I thought that. There was a woman in the audience. And I guess this is the point. I yes. thought there's a woman in the audience who happens to be a Japanese woman. And she's like, oh, I'm going to stand up and say something. And yeah. then I thought it was weird because she started walking towards you. Didn't realize it was actually all part of the show. Yeah. So that's obviously we want, that was the intention. Yeah. yeah. But also I found that I think on that first night, I was probably resisting her a lot. And I wanted her to be sort of disrupt the show like that. Yeah. But be like, no, you're not Dino. And she's like, no, it's me, Dino. Yeah. And then well, well I, th- I think a lot of us thought, because she was holding the kombucha, yeah. a lot of us thought she was drunk and going to bottle you or something. <laughs> That's what I, I was like, oh my God, is Joe about to get bottled on stage by this woman? By this old Japanese I, Because you acted so well. Like To me, it looked like you were like really confronted and like, oh my God, what's she going to do? So I'm like, yeah. I was about to like, I was at the front. I was going to like step in <laughs> and be like, oh my God, if, if something happens here, I've got Joe's back. I'm going to be on stage like cleaning up the blood and shit <laughs> like Thanks, i was genuinely oh, scared i appreciate that, that you, were like, you need a war you were people. ready to step in <laughs> yeah. that would have been so funny I, if I was, someone just took her out i'm like don't know i was just poor Ayuko. i'm sitting there like oh my god i'm gonna have to do something i'm friends with joseph oh. I, I can't just sit here i love that that yeah. i've got such good people that are ready to intervene yeah um but so be, because of that i feel like people were like What's going on? What's going on? Which is what I want a bit of. Yeah. But also what the alteration that we made is that by the time she gets close to me, I ex- I'm like, 
it is you, Dino. I can see that. Mm. It's Dino. And so then people laugh at that point. And then that it also does has the effect of sort of extending the parameters of what is the the realism of the show or the hyper realism. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it invites the audience to be in a new landscape of like, okay, these these are the parameters now of what we're dealing with. And yeah. And then do you want to talk about what happens yes, after that? So so when Ayuko, Spoilers. Ayuko comes on stage, she says, you know, I'm a Japanese woman. I can say I can see that you're a Japanese woman, but I'm not. But you clearly are. And she says, No, you, you are. Drink this kombucha and put on your kimono and then you'll feel and become the Japanese woman that I know you are. Mm, mm. And I say, That's ridiculous, Dino. I'll drink the kombucha. But, you know, I don't have a kimono. Why would I bring a kimono? I can check, but I'm telling you, I don't. And I walk off stage. And off stage, I say, listen, no kimono here. And then uh, another Japanese woman walks on stage, uh, Mayumi, who's dressed exactly as I am. Mm -hmm. um, And is it the same outfit every night? You know what? We had exactly the same pants, the same shirt. Exact identical, same socks. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, great. Uh, every, every night, same outfit, and uh, except one, we had a shirt, but we also wore the same shirt. Um, and yes, she comes on, does a little bit of stand up as me, and dude, she said so many funny things. Uh, during like there was one time where a guy was interrupting the show, and I had a little bit of back and forth with him, and eventually told him to shut up, and then. He did shut up for, you know, the next 30, 40 minutes until Mayumi came on stage and then uh, he started talking again. And then Mayumi, who was, you know, so, such a soft, gentle woman mm. and Japanese, obviously, says, hey, listen, you either shut the fuck up or I'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I guy. can't picture her saying that just which, from the brief interaction. Oh, I had which was just so good. When she like cut loose like that, mm. it was just so magical. And so I guess like it must be an expensive production to have two other because most stand ups don't have to pay two other people exactly, to do yeah. stuff every night. So like, obviously I pay them every night to be there. Yeah, and uh, and beforehand I sort of reconciled it like if it's if it doesn't work out, if it's not funny, and the show doesn't go well, then it will be still a funny story that I spent like almost a few thousand dollars on just these Japanese women. For the next show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but as it turns out, it, it, it worked out really well. So good, man. And just like and such that, a surprise. Oh. Oh, and then the the, fini- the actual finish would have been slightly different to what you okay, saw. yeah. So I leave the stage, obviously. She did less stand-up because she did like long bits, I think, when you saw her. Mm-hmm. And so we cut that out as well, yeah. made it a bit tighter. Sure. And then... At the end, she's like, you know, I'm still on this spiritual journey and I've realized we're all one. Yeah. You know, I am Joseph Green, but I'm a Japanese woman and you are Joseph Green and you, and you, <laughs> and you, and you are Joseph Green and, and you are. And she points at the back and then I enter through the back. <laughs> and then <laughs> so I, 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 I am, I am Joseph so Green. So good, so good. And then the music comes up. We have that moment and then we start kissing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so surreal. It, it yeah. goes from like, you know, a pretty reasonably straightforward stand-up comedy act to suddenly this really almost like absurdist meta thing within itself. Yeah. Yeah, I I really loved it. Oh, Um, thanks, brother. 
What like um oh it reminds me of you taking the photo of is it Matoko? Matoko, yeah. Matoko and making it your comedy fest uh artwork. It reminds me of do you know the band Weezer? No, no, I don't. Uh, so Weezer's like an old nineties uh like punk band who yeah, still make music today. And in two thousand and ten they released this album called Hurley, yeah. which the cover of that album was just a picture of the actor who played the character Hurley in Lost. And the reason <laughs> they chose it was because the lead singer Rivers took a photo with him and just loved it so much oh, that he made wow. that, just this photo of him, the album cover. That's amazing. Yeah. It, that really reminds me of what oh, you did with perfect. Matoko. Yeah. Um, how did you meet, uh, and what's the name of the woman who does the stand up? Uh, Mayumi. How did you meet her and how did they, these two women come into it? So uh, Mayumi had done some stand up beforehand and mm. some cabaret. And I had met her once or twice before, maybe five years ago. Yeah. But, the, how I got back in touch with her was that uh, once I decided I'm, I wanted to use two Japanese women in this show, yeah. there's, a, there's a website called Star Now. Yes. And uh, I've never done this, but if you're sort of doing a production, you can just say I'm a director and you're doing a paid production and then you get sort of a free license to advertise that production. And so I, you can go – and then within that you can also s use their search engine – so I sort of like just did women, Japan, uh, Melbourne, uh, 50 plus. Yeah. And had a list of Japanese women. Right. And I wrote all their names out. Then I added all of them on Facebook. <laughs> Instead of contacting them on Starnail? Well, uh, it's a little... you. Ha Maybe an intelligent person would have done that. <laughs> but I, I, it, it felt like there were other steps and I thought maybe they weren't going to check their Star Now yeah, accounts. Yeah, yeah. I thought Facebook might just be a bit more efficient. And so how you go, did you just add them and send them a DM? Yeah, yeah. I was just sliding into all of their DMs. I added so many Japanese women that, you know, Facebook recommends friends. Yeah. It started recommending me other Japanese women. <laughs> So just thinks you're in this <laughs> network of Japanese women in yes, Melbourne. which yeah, is right. kind of what I am or was in for a while and, and did meet up with quite a few. And at, la at one point had like a little roster of, oh. of Japanese women that I was thinking of using. Yeah. One of them told me a week before that um, she wasn't fully Japanese. She was half Japanese and couldn't actually speak Japanese. She'd mm. grown up in Malaysia. Right. And I really wanted them to speak Japanese. Yeah, so and they... And both of these women do speak Japanese yes. in, the, in the show. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and one cool thing that they did, uh, this isn't really giving away much anyway, but um, if, if something happened within the crowd that night while I was performing, yeah. say I was talking to someone and then Mayumi wanted to call it back or reference it, she would ask Ayuko in Japanese, where are, the, where are the guys seated that he was talking to before? Right. And she's like, they're in the second row on your left. Oh. And, she's like, ah. and, and so she, they would speak in Japanese and she would s help her. Right. But, yeah. but to the audience, it just sounds like they're just saying whatever. Yeah, just having a quick little chat. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, it was really I fun. That. Yeah, it was very, very cool. So much just like secret stuff happening in that show. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? And I've forgotten the name again. Is it? It's a. Uh, Mayumi? Mayumi? Yes. Before your show, yeah. I went to the bathroom and I accidentally went into the women's bathroom. <laughs> and as I 
was leaving, I saw Mayumi, who at that point I just thought was a woman at the at the bar we were at. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, is this the women's bathroom? And she's like, I think so. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then after the show, I went up to her and she's like, oh, I met you in the toilet before. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that was you. So crazy, man. It was it was a lot of fun. It is very fun. And oh, the, the other night where, so those, well, I said before, those two guys were like, we know Dino. Mm-hmm. On that particular night, that was such a gift because whenever Ayuko would stand up and be like, I'm Dino, there would be that moment from the audience like, what the hell's happening? But on that night, because they were like, nah, Dino's not here. We mm. know Dino. Yeah. Then she just chimed in straight away and said, no, nah, I, I am here. It's me. <laughs> and so everyone laughed and thought, oh, she was just making a joke Yeah. because she's a Japanese woman. And then because she got such a big laugh and she's she hasn't done that much performing, she was so energized by it she sort of her eyes lit up and she started like bounding towards the stage and i could just see her and she just had this energy about her and she's like take that take the kombucha put on the kimono and just bossing me around in such a like fun way and so what do both of those women do with their lives like are they so you said she's not performed much like does she want to be a performer ayuko like she does do um like some extra work which Mm. is i guess why she's on star now yeah and some small little jobs like that yeah so and she was so happy to to do it and i was just so happy to to have her Mm. and uh i was a little bit beforehand i was so stressed out i mean probably the show you saw was like my peak stress because we'd never performed it before yeah and we really couldn't perform it before yeah yeah, until in we, front of people yeah. yeah 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 and so you never know like how it's going to be received is it going to work are they going to laugh at all mm, mm. and also i'm just thinking like i'm asking these these women to come into the city every night for two weeks and then we ended up putting on extra shows and they just like fortunately it, it, it went well but um yeah, so I, I think it could have easily have not gone well, but it, it we, we, got, we got away with it, yeah. Do, do you have a, any kind of connection with Japan prior to this? Like, have you been to I, Japan? I, ha- I have um, been to Japan before. I've spent a couple of weeks there, and um, there's actually, we found out, it's not a funny story, but a, sort of a very serendipitous thing. There was a, there's a town outside of Tokyo called Kamakura. I've been there. Have you really? Yeah. It's where the big Buddha is. You have. I've got a photo of it. You're kidding me. Can I show you the photo? Yeah, this is you, amazing. You, you keep Mike. talking. I'm listening. I'll just get the photo. That for you. is amazing, <laughs> man. You're part of our thing <laughs> yeah, now. Tell me, because tell me. I was explaining to them. Uh, I've um, uh, I had a really special time at Kamakura, mm, which is about like. Is it around an hour's train yeah, out and from a, Tokyo? Exactly and right. And it's like a. Is it? It's a seaside little town. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 2018, I was there. That's amazing, Mark. Yeah. So, so what? So, so I, I, I spent time there because I had some friends living in Kamakura. Okay. And were they just? What were they doing there? Uh, one was a photographer, mm-hmm. and one of them sort of just like an artist, mm-hmm. tra- you know, traveling the world and based himself there for a bit. So cool. And uh, we spent so we spent a bit of time there, but both of those women had stories about Kamakura as well. So Ayuko mm-hmm. used to work there. Yep. And uh, Mayumi used to visit there a lot as well. So we all had this sort of Kamakura. And now you're part of the... Yeah, so I'll put this on the screen for the video. That's a picture of me at Kamakura. Oh, brilliant. So the the main, I guess, tourist thing there is this massive statue. That's a great photo. 
Yeah, so this was a while ago. And, um, and what brought you there? Um, so that was my third time going to Japan and wow. I was just looking at, I just wanted to do a few day trips out of Tokyo and spend the day sort of taking the train down to somewhere. So I just looked up what are some nice towns around Tokyo and Amazing. Kamakura was the first one. So I went down there and spent, you know, a half day there. It, it's it's really lovely in Japan because there's so, so it, it's such a, well, it is a small country, I guess, but there's so much different stuff yeah. within an hour out of the cities. Yeah. That it's totally different towns. So yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. It's wonderful. I, it's their, their sensibility is so nice and the respect and reverence they have for everyone and everything is very refreshing. Yeah. So, and so where were the two women in your show from originally? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think Ayuko's from Osaka. Yep. And where is Mayumi from? I, uh, I'm not gonna. I will be guessing. Not gonna if, guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And where did you go in Japan? And do you, like any highlights or or stories to tell? Because I've had some really great times there. I love it. Oh, what? Well, to- I was based in Tokyo for a bit, and and Kamakura, mm, and mm. one of the um, I don't know if this is is struck us as a highlight. My friend Fergal and I, but we were catching the train back from Kamakura to Tokyo one day mm-hmm. and you, you would know this that it's very against the etiquette of train travel to be eating or drinking yeah on public transport particularly it, on the like the mate like on a on a long on a cross city train like a Shinkansen yeah it might be a bit different because they're like five hour trains but yeah. just on a standard yeah city train you yeah. wouldn't do it you wouldn't you don't do just see anyone doing it <laughs> but on this particular day we for whatever reason we're very hungry and we had we just had a hot chocolate, yeah. And I remember um, uh, we we were drinking this hot chocolate, like trying to be very discreet about it. And this very beautiful Japanese woman came on with uh, a child, and uh, her her baby had a lollipop, and she, she had such this like amazing radiance about her. And then had the lollipop, and the baby was sort of not interested in the lollipop, and she kind of looked at us a couple of times, and then just starts just started sucking the lollipop herself and and in the most subtle way it wasn't that's even a sexual suck of the lollipop (laughs) but because anything small of like food or drink is amplified in that context her sucking the lollipop just like blew our minds right right and the fact that i remember it made such a strong it was (laughs) such an impact that we were like i spilt the whole chocolate on my Mm. pants from kamakura to tokyo and we were sort of like, she was on the train for three minutes and just, just barely You'll touched. Never forget it. I'll never yeah. forget it. And it's like you having the hot chocolate, like sh- gave her permission to do it. Yeah. She, she was like, fuck it, I'm just doing it. And she, she like, and she, uh, we, we're just watching, she's just taking very tender care of her child mm. who was indifferent to the lollipop. And then she kind of, she was aware that she had our attention mm. in the way some you know, beautiful women sometimes are conscious of the fact that they the male gaze is on them for sure. a moment. Yeah, and so we were sort of like just conscious of her, and then she was conscious of us being conscious of her, and that lollipop, the way she caressed it, was unforgettable. Sure, okay, <laughs> it definitely seems but, unforgettable. But, to but you. As, especially as when you've been in Japan and in Tokyo, when you know that sensibility and etiquette, where it's everyone's so. What's the word? Um, um, within themselves. Mm. And 
the opposite of revealing themselves in any way. And I think as well, like comparing it to say Melbourne is like, and this might, this is going to sound shit for people in Melbourne, but like Japanese people really respect their country. They do. And, and people they're sharing it with. Yes. And like, if you look around Japan, there's no litter and there's barely any bins because people don't throw their rubbish on the ground. They will find a bin and put it there. But like, we noticed we were just carrying empty like coffee cups or whatever for, for kilometers because we just couldn't find a public bin. Yeah. They don't need them there because people don't litter. Yeah. They just will hang on to the rubbish until they're home or, or something. Yeah, they like respect that. the space. Yeah, whereas in Melbourne, especially in the CBD, there's just trash everywhere yeah. all the time. And yeah. It's just like, I think it's just a respect thing with the people. Like, it really is. We don't respect our our land as much as as other countries may. Yeah. And and I mean I mean it's you could probably identify lots of reasons why that's the case, but even the fact that there's so many people in a condensed space, mm. but and th- that doesn't happen in other parts of the world, you know, New York or other places where you still have a lot of density of people, but people not respecting it. Mm. There's something very uniquely Japanese that they have that. It's such a beautiful culture. And um, my dream is to retire and live in Tokyo. Really? Yeah. Well, how, when did this dream emerge for you, Mike? I've always loved Japanese culture. Like yeah. I'm a huge... I think the the term is weeb. Yes. Um, yes, yes. I think I'm one of those. And just ev- like I've been there a few times and I've just felt so serene there. Like yeah, nice. in Melbourne, everyone's always rushing and pushing and stuff like that. In Japan, like people are just a little bit slower. Like people don't jaywalk and things like that. They're just patient and like waiting and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I just, I really Even in like Tokyo, that. you feel that? Even in Tokyo, That's which wonderful. in terms of population concentration, there's mm. so many more people mm. in that small space than in Melbourne. But I just felt like it was it was slower paced despite yeah. the amount of people there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you speak Japanese? Uh, I can speak a little bit of Japanese and I can yeah. read all of the hiragana and katakana, which oh, are the amazing. two main alphabets. Yeah. yeah. Do you read like a lot of... Japanese stuff like Haruki Murakami, these sort of guys? Uh, well, I've got a couple Murakami books. So I have read a few. There's Norwegian Wood down there, oh, lovely. which is on my list. Yeah. Um, lots of anime in my childhood yeah, and, sure. and uh, stuff like that and a bit of manga. So, yeah, there's a bit of that. Um, oh, great, I love Japanese films. I just have always been obsessed with the culture. Oh, which wow. Is, which is, uh, yeah. Really did you do Japanese at school? Yeah, Amazing. I did it up till year nine. But I've still retained a fair oh, wow. bit since then. Yeah. What well, you would have done Japanese at you went to Xavier College, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so did you not want me to say that? <laughs> Just the way you said it. The co- Xavier College. The, even the college part is like, oh God. <laughs> I really hate I mean, it's a fine school, but well, I'm gonna have to be careful here. It's I think it's got a reputation yeah. for Producing a few douchebags. Hey man, do you know what school I oh, went, you went to? You went to St. Kevin's. Well, <laughs> so how do you think we're, I we're feel? Bo- we're both guilty. <laughs> We've been in the news more than you have in the last four years. Oh yeah, actually you have, haven't you? Yeah. Um, a couple. But there, there's some great people to come from the school as well. And, yeah. Uh, but well, it, Charlie Clawson, who I work with on Tofop, he yeah. does Tofop with Will Anderson. He went to Xavier, which I only found out last year. And he's a good guy. He's a great guy. Great guy. So there's a few of us. I, I mean, You're great. I, I'm just putting Charlie's myself great. in the good category. But, you know, I actually went, went so so long in my life not wanting to associate myself with, with the school. 
Yeah, interesting. And and I well, sorry, man. Sorry. No, no, that <laughs> is fine. I can cut all but, this. You know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I, w- I was in New York at an in an acting class once, and there was this beautiful like Danish woman in the actress. Sure. And she's she came up to me. And she's like, "Oh, where in Australia are you from?" I said, "I'm I'm from Melbourne." And she said, "Oh, my husband's from Melbourne." I said, "Oh, what part of Melbourne?" And she said, "Oh, he's, he's from Kew." I'm like, I went to school in Q. She's like, so did he. Did, did you go to Xavier? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. And she's like, oh, he always talks about it. He always talks about what, how such a great school it is. I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, he never stops talking about it. I'm like, so w- what does your husband do? She's like, oh, he's a banker. We like live downtown just off Wall Street. Wow. So I'm like, this dude is like some investment banker in New York. He's got this like beautiful European wife. And all he's talking to her is about like, oh, oh baby, <laughs> you should have seen my high school. <laughs> we oh, had fin- fl- we oh. had five ovals. Bloody check out the Stevenson Center. <laughs> <laughs> the Stevenson Center is like the recreation. How center. do you know that? Because I grew up in Q. I used to like Xavier. All the, my friends went to Xavier that from primary school. Is such an obscure reference. Yeah, I know. You know they had to rename that. I do. Let's not go into <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, like, it's funny because. I went to, obviously went to St. Kevin's. People know that. Xavier was like, at the time I was at St. Kevin's, yeah. it was one of the cheaper private schools. Like Xavier has always been one of the most expensive. That's why we didn't go there. But St. Kevin's at the time was was quite a cheap, one of the cheaper ones considering the prices. But now it's it's right up there as well. I'm, dude, I'm sure St. Kevin's is not, it's pretty expensive. Oh, it is. But, but you're on a sc- scholarship as well. I was on well. a scholarship, but... It's more expensive now than yeah. it was when, when we went. Well, I'm sure that's the case for everything, huh? I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. <laughs> All right, Joseph, if you want to fuck me, if you want to no, fuck I, my just, opinions. No, like, just because no, no, I'm like, like, this is your certain, like, just in case you're going to put Xavier and St. Kevin's in equal no, douchebag status, no, let's just be clear. Xavier's <laughs> always been a hoity toity no. fucking factory of assholes. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure uh, one of, I'm pretty sure Tom Gleisner who is from Working Dog. He's the host of Have You Been Paying Attention? I'm pretty sure he went to Xavier College as well. I love Did it. I'm trying to find like a few good people. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of them. No, there's the, uh, no, there, there's, uh, and there are people from the school that I, I love dearly as well. Yeah, But cool. there are things that I'm name like... Name one. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, Joseph Valente. He's, oh, he's, he's same first name as you. <laughs> sounds sounds pretty made up. What was the surname? Delente. What the hell? That is so made up. Yeah, I know a guy from Xavier, Michael Pen- Pentari. Yep, he's cool. <laughs> Love him. <laughs> no, sorry, man. I've put you on the spot a bit with this. No, that, that, that was not even a made-up name. What, Michael Delente? No, Joseph <laughs> Delente. But Valente. Valente. He's, I'm, I'm just doing it on literally the last person who came to one of my shows. Actually, what year did you graduate? Oh, ages ago. Do you want to say? Just I can say, oh, three. Okay, interesting, because one of my friends went to Xavier College and is probably around your age. Yeah, what's what's his name? His name's Michael Quirk. Quirk? He he is now a policeman, but he was the drummer in a band called City Calm Down, which is a really cool Australian band. Oh, Michael Quirk. I was thinking Michael Quick. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know Michael Quirk? (laughs) No. It's close. (laughs) (laughs) 
So who's Michael Quick? He was a guy in my year level. Okay. <laughs> he was the so, <laughs> he was the first person to show me pornography. And tell us about that. Tell us about it was, that. It was back in the CD-ROM days. Was this in the Stevenson Centre? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was like probably in maths class. Yeah. And it was like Debbie Does Dallas. Ah, uh, yes. On on CD-ROM. Mm. And it was like going... People was just like, download it, pass it on. Wow. And Quick was sitting next to me. Mm. And he's like, take this. I was like, what's this? <laughs> he's like, it's Debbie Does Dallas. It's like, what is that? He's like, just download it. You'll thank me later. <laughs> What a scoop. That was Did that. you thank him? Uh I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I didn't, thank you now. <laughs> to Michael Quick. Michael Quick. Not but, Michael Quick. <laughs> belated gratitude for Michael Quick. Yeah, wow. That's Debbie does Dallas. And then who's the person who started in that film was Jenna Jamison. Yeah, you've I know your story with Jenna Jamison. Do you? Yeah, yeah, because we should we should talk about this. The first time I met you. <laughs> oh god. Well, I met you a like probably four or five years ago yeah. now. And uh, well, you came on Luke and Lewis's radio show and yes. I'm pretty sure the story you told was the Jenna Jamison was story. It? Yeah, the story about how you met someone in America who uh. was texting Jenna Jamison and you were trying to get with her. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're telling it back to me, I feel awful. Why? <laughs> Just because it's like, I don't know, it's like, oh, this guy went to Xavier College. No. He tried to hook up with Jenna Jamison. Oh, I mean... No, I, well, I didn't even really... I wasn't trying to hook up with her, but... You, you wanted to meet her. You're right. I was, at, I was at a restaurant and there was a woman sitting next to me. Mm. It was like one of these communal tables yeah, yeah. who was texting her, like very... Holding her phone up so everyone could see it. Yeah. And, uh, and I was sort of just glanced over and saw she was texting Jenna Jamison. It said Jenna <laughs> Jamison. And I'm a very open guy, so I was like, are you texting, sorry to interrupt, madam, but are you texting me, Jenna Jamison? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, really? You know Jenna Jamison? She's like, yeah. I'm like, why are you texting her? And she said, oh, she's, she's thinking of coming here right now. I'm like, whoa. And I was kind of like on a date on that night, one of these dates where I didn't know it was a date. Oh. Like I'm, I thought I was just catching up as friends with this girl. Okay. But I think for her, she thought it was a date. And, oh. um and I'm, I'm getting excited about Jenna Jamison coming to join us because she said, oh, Jenna's going to come. And then she messaged the girl saying, there's this Aussie bloke, he really wants to meet you. And she's like, I love Aussies. Yeah, but I think it's totally fair that, like, if you were sitting next to someone who was texting, like, I don't know, uh, Matt Damon, you'd be like, oh, are you texting Matt Damon? Exactly. Like, it's if just you, a, the star factor. Yeah, you're just like... What are the chances? You just asked that. What are the chances? The well, name oh, of I, your can't, show? I can't believe I said that. It seems so lame. <laughs> no, but it's like, I think that's that's a reasonable thing to do. You want to meet someone famous. That's yeah. pretty cool. You know, on that thing, what are the chances? My mum came on the second or third night. Mm. And before she said like anything about the show, like, oh, it was nice, sweetheart, or well done, or anything like that. The first thing she said, sweetheart, I've got an idea that's just going to um, take the show to an, another level. Yeah. I said, oh. <laughs> What's that? And she said, oh, the end of every joke, just pause and then just say to the audience, what are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Green, would be a horrible idea, right? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I said, no, it's not necessary. What are the chances? <laughs> Today I bloody went to the shops, my card doc got declined. What are the chances? <laughs> And I said, I'm not doing that. And she, she said, but I said, why would I do that? She said, sweetheart, it's the title of the show. I said, I know that. I've put, I, I made the title. And she said, okay, if 
you don't want the extra laughs, I guess you don't want the extra laughs. It's just like how Will Anderson at, at the end of all his jokes goes, Will Eagle. Like, <laughs> just, just a reminder. <laughs> that would be great. I would love to see Will do that. Um, I, I, I've got a... Uh, Speaking of that date, the non-date you were on with Jenna Jumson, Jenna never came. She, ne- she? she never came. Well, right. she might have come, but the girl wanted to leave and I saw she was a bit upset and I thought, I still want to be nice to this woman. I'm yeah. like, so. I had, I had this, uh, this is back in, back to Japan. I yeah, hope it's uh, okay if I Let's go back to Japan. Back to Japan. Barrel, 10 hour flight. We're here. The local yeah. time is this. Anyway, cool. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I I was hanging out with this girl in Japan who's still a good friend of mine and lives in Melbourne now, but yeah. she was in she lived in Byron at the time. And we we met and like went out for drinks and stuff and um went out clubbing and stuff and it was awesome. And the next morning I was on I had to go, I had a train booked to go down to Hiroshima and uh we woke up and she was like, Oh my god. And she was like flying out of Japan to Byron the next day, and she's like I think I've left my bag with my passport and like everything at the club we were at last night. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to get on this train. And then we were like, then we were both like, I think we were just both so drunk. We have no idea what the club we were at last <laughs> night is. And then we like, what happened was I was on the train basically like trying to piece together the night through like videos and photos oh, that had been wow. taken. Oh, wow. A detective like, We basically had to sleuth it to find what the bar was that we went to, right? And she went to one bar and realised that the guy who worked at that bar had taken us to that club after he closed the bar. So she found that bar through the photos of him and showing it to people like, do you know this guy? He's my only ticket to finding my passport. Oh, my God. She then like... Found that guy. He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I took you to this club." He walked to that club and found the bag. Luckily, and was able to fly out. But like, that's incredible. It was one of the, in my opinion, it was one of the biggest successes of social media. Like, absolutely just piecing this all together. Oh, me on a train, being like, "Here are all. Here is all the information I have on record." What time did she fly out? She was flying the day after that. Oh, the so day after. So she had twenty four hours, <laughs> had 24 but hustling hours. hard. Yeah. Wow. It's one of my favorite stories. Um. We're coming to the end, but sure. I, I have a routine question that I ask Absolutely. everyone. So, and this, I say we're coming to the end. It generally takes like 10 minutes for this question. Okay? okay. It's a big one. So what is one movie, book, album, and if you're so inclined, video game that you think that everyone should watch, read, listen to, and play in their lifetime? Okay. Um, Take your time, but preferably not silence because that's bad. Yeah, so uh, album is um, Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Okay. It's a, it's a classic. It's I mean, in jazz, it's pretty iconic and nothing sort of out of the, you know, it's not an obscure choice, mm. but it's, I mean, just as a whole composition, I, I really love it. And does Miles Davis play does he sing or is it all instrumental it's all instrumental cool but it's just i don't know there's just something very nourishing and fortifying about that album especially when you listen to it as a whole and people don't really listen to many albums as a whole any, anymore mm. i feel and when did you discover that album like how long has it been a part uh, of your life i mean i would have I, I, I don't know my auntie is really into uh miles davis but i think 
It's a good question. I think uh, maybe seven years ago when I was living in New York or coming back to Melbourne and wanting to sort of retain the sensibility Mm. and it has a bit of that like grit and grime and like dirty elegance that I associate with, you know, different places there. Cool. Um, So that's one album. And and do you know what year that's from or around? I reckon 1964. 64, okay. It it could, within five years of that. Yeah, cool. Um, And book, what book? Uh, Maybe Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yeah. Uh, Holden Caulfield. Yes. Is that it? Yeah, Yeah. you got it straight away, man. There's, There's a Green Day song called Who Wrote Holden Caulfield. Um, oh, I love which that title. is a reference to, I guess, Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, which I which I read at school, uh, and I mean, you probably relate to it. It's just like you're at some like fancy school, and you're just hating the sort of everyone else there, mm. which is kind of how I felt a little bit there. But sure. um, it tapped into that mentality. It's a good outsider's book, I guess. Mm. Um, what so book? Album. Uh, movie and then If Inclined video game. Video game. Did you grow up playing games? I did. Like I played a lot of um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Cool. Uh, I, I sort of always envied like the, the Nintendo guys and girls oh, because... You had a Sega Genesis or something. I had the, the original Sega. Okay. And, and all my friends had Nintendo and they had Mario and stuff and I really envied that and I was like, Mom, can't, can we get one? That She's like, no... Uh, but you, you know, you should be happy with your Sega. And then only till I grew up did I did I appreciate my my own origin story of being a Sonic the Hedgehog boy. Yeah. <laughs> and realized, oh, that's got its own, you know, quality to it as well. Did you ever did you see the Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie that came out a few years ago? I haven't. Is, oh, it, gra- should, is it great? Oh, it's fun. You should watch it. Oh, I should. I think you'd get a lot out of it. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I will. On that recommendation. Yeah. But uh, one, uh, there was a Pokemon game, I think, on Xbox or Nintendo. It definitely wouldn't have been Xbox because they're only on Nintendo. Okay, then (laughs) it's definitely Nintendo. It must have been the 64. Yeah. But I often talk about this game. It was like a number of games within it, but there was one game that I sort of talked to other comics about as far as a metaphor for just like navigating your life as a creative person, Mm. which is... One of the games is like you're this sort of animal and there are these... Probably ro- a Pokemon. A Pokemon, <laughs> yeah. And there are rocks catapulted towards you. I know exactly what game you're talking and, about. And you and you have to protect yourself by hardening you your shell. You harden, yeah. And when you harden your shell, you lose some energy. Mm-hmm. If you don't harden your shell and get squished by the rock, you lose a lot more energy. Yeah. So it's about timing the harden. The game is called Metapod Harden. It's from Pokemon Stadium 1, the this game guy. corner. And uh, you can be either a, c- a Kakuna or a Metapod. It's randomly assigned to you. And you press A to Harden. And you're right. As you press, as long as you're pressing this. A, your health is depleting. But if the rock hits you, bam, huge chunk of health. And it's whoever is last This one guy. Standing. I love you, Mike. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'd love to play it with you sometime. Uh, I was the master of it. Uh, really? Uh, well, yeah. I think that game for me... It's so much about being an artist and a comedian right. because I feel like so much of what you do, what we're doing, what you're doing now, mm. you need to be open and you need to be soft and available. Mm-hmm. But there are certain times where you need to like have your boundaries up and your shell okay. up and protect yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially, you know, in stand-up, well, that's what I know the best is that it, it can be tough, like just grinding it out. Mm. And sometimes you just got to be 
careful with your your energy and looking after yourself but you can't let that encroach upon you being open but you have to be selective when you do that yeah so yeah that game for me sort of is a metaphor for for myself of how to navigate the the world there's another mini game in Pokemon Stadium, yes. which is called Sushi Go Round, where you play as the Pokemon <laughs> Lick a Tongue and you have to get as much sushi as possible. Yes, that's a great game. That's my life. <laughs> I just want. <laughs> I love you. Brother. I want as much sushi as possible. But no, that is a great analogy. Before we do movie, can I ask? Yes. And and we might go a little like. Do you have? You still got yeah, five I've got ten two, minutes? Two, yeah, of course. Um, what is your what is your journey as a creative? I guess like. Like, do you struggle with that ever? Like, because sometimes I struggle balancing creativity with um, earning a living to survive and yeah, things course, like that. Of course, like, which and I love, I love all my jobs. Yeah. Um. So it's not really an issue, but there's definitely always like, there's always that creative creators struggle, I guess. Yes. How do you feel about that? Oof, I mean, that's such a big topic. Well, um, I asked it. Yes. You answer it. <laughs> Well, how do how do I feel about it? Yeah. Um, or how do you see that in your journey? Uh, so my, my journey is like a big zigzag journey. Mm. I mean, one of the things in the show that I kind of touched upon in that first show you saw, but sort of found the funny moments better, I think, as the show progressed, which was just about like the fact that I'd been doing arts law for like five years and was at the end of the or like right near the end of the degree mm. and then thought, oh, I just want to do something else and then trying to make that work and then feeling like you constantly, you sort of oscillate between feeling, oh, I'm making some cro- progress and then thinking, oh, I'm just failing miserably here and then, oh, actually I'm making some progress. And um, and so part of like the story you tell yourself within that is, um, and it's so soppy, but just being, you know, gentler to yourself in, within that journey mm. and part of it uh is is that is that metaphor of the the pokemon game and then uh i think just doing doing what you can you know using what you have starting where you are just being a lot more simple yeah about how you create and i guess your expectations for like what you're creating like even in this show just gone that whole thing with the japanese women i was very uncertain whether it would be successful or funny or p- it would resonate with anyone mm. or make an impact or something people would want to see. And yeah. you just, I guess, pursue your own joy and hope that some people connect with it. Can I ask, and I think I know the answer to that, but I could be, know the answer to this, yeah. but I could be wrong. When you finished in 2003 at the school that you went to, yes, you, you mentioned you went into arts law. Yes. Did you feel at that point in 2003 that you could, did you want to or did you feel like you could be a comedian or a creative? Uh, so I didn't go straight into arts law. Okay. I was playing, I started playing football in the VFL oh, when I geez. left school. The uh, man of every <laughs> talent here. Not really. Arts law, footy player. No, it's actually. Comedian, I had a very, model, Jesus. I had a similar <laughs> um, journey to one of your old schoolmates, Vance Joy. Yeah, yep. So we both played... Did you know Vance? I didn't know him. I think I was a few years ahead of him. But yeah, I think he was 2007. Yeah, because he we both played at Coburg in the VFL. Gotcha. And then we both did Arts Law at Monash. Mm. And um, do you know Oliver Coleman by any chance? I don't. Also a St. Kevin's boy. Sure. 
but also a comedian now. Oh. And he was on the show after me at Storyville. Okay. And it, he told me that at Monash, um, when they were both at Monash, Vance had um, like come up to him. I know his name's not Vance. His name's James Keogh. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He'd come up to Ollie and um, uh, was like at the... And he said... Hey, man, there's this movie I think you'd like. This guy decides to quit his job and head to New York City. And then Oliver goes, you should turn that into a song. <laughs> You're actually not far off. Oh, no. He, he, show, he was showing him some lyrics right. of music he was trying to write. And Ollie was like a musician as well. Okay. And, and it was like, what do you think? I'd, I'd love to jam with you. And to his face, he's like, yeah, sure. But then to his other mates, he's like, dude, this guy sucks. About Vance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, should I? Well, if Vance ever hears this, not coming from me. I love Vance Joy, just so people Oliver know. Lo- actually loves him as well. Well, now he does. He loves him as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a funny story, Ollie telling it. And maybe I shouldn't even be telling it, but it's um, a beautiful story and... Um, both of them are great artists in their own way. Yeah. But yeah. what was I saying? Yeah, I didn't... It wasn't in my head that I wanted to be a comedian at that point in mm. 2003. Mm. Um, I'd always loved stand-up. And I, I did a few 21st speeches uh, in, in that year. And that's when I thought like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And started thinking of the idea of doing it. Cool. That's yeah. funny because like I... I like I've always been really anxious, but I used to like come alive when I had to do speeches for friends' birthdays. I bet you would. Yeah, and, like, I remember, like, just doing this speech for my friend Lars's 16th birthday and, like, everyone was, like, laughing heaps. Not, not, like, not in a... I'm not trying to brag, but, like, I just remember I spent so much time... You were killing. ...trying to make it funny and everyone was laughing. I'm like, oh, good. Well, that's something I can do. That's great. But, yeah. Um, movie you think people might like? To use the words of Vance Joy. What movie? What movie is in my consciousness? I'm sort of overwhelmed. With There's so many movies. Sort of oscillating between saying something cliche or... Uh, all I can think of right now is Forrest Gump. Yeah. If you okay. haven't seen it, you should definitely see it. I haven't seen it. I know I've heard it's You're the kidding best me. thing ever. I've never You're seen kidding it. me. There are so many blind spots in like big movies I've never seen. That maybe was why I was thinking it. What? I <laughs> could, you got a reading. I got a reading from you, <laughs> Mike. I was like, where, what hasn't he seen that he could really learn from? Forrest Gump for you. Yeah, and tell so tell me about it. I mean, it's just I mean, a brilliant performance, but it's so like Poetic in, as far as like the journey of a myriad of things we, we do in our lives. I, I mean, taken to a very extreme case in the, the case of, you know, Forrest, played by Tom Hanks. Mm. But it's just a very joyful, touching film. Nice. And uh, yeah, I definitely must see Cool. Yeah. Well, Joseph Green from Xavier College, <laughs> oh, who loves Pokemon Stadium, Forrest Gump and Miles Davis. Thank you for joining me here on Mike Talks today. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure, brother. Cheers. See you guys. Talk on. Thank you. I guess I just say talk on at the end now. (laughs) Talk on. Thank you. (laughs) This podcast was a Radio Mike original production. Head to radiomike.com.au to check out all our other content. Stay up to date at radio.mike on Instagram and get in touch. Radiomikepod at gmail.com.